I tell you, it's good to be able to keep the pews in, I mean, the, uh, the hymnals in the pews. I mean, I know some churches don't have them, but you never know when you have to go back the way it used to be. And thank God we have somebody to play the piano. There's some churches, everything's electronic, and then when electronics go down, then we can't do anything. You ever pulled into a gas station, and you want to swipe your card, and it says, please see cashier. And I, I usually just pull off because I, like I like the convenience of it. I mean, we've got so used to convenience. We've got so used to everything. Most, most kids, when you try to help them with something, they always ask, is there an app for that? Because we're so used to an electronic age. And, some, and, and it's sad because some people can't function without that. And, uh, but I thank God we, uh, God, people can go back and we, we know how to worship, whether we have hymns, whether we have electronics, but we know how to worship God. Amen. So if you have your Bibles this morning, if you would take your Bibles and turn over to the, the book of Joshua. We've been studying in the book of Joshua. And Kent, he texted me early this week and told me he was sick. He wouldn't be here. And then he would have a, uh, a service. And then he, then he texted me and said it would be even more abbreviated. Then he texted me this morning and said, hey, nothing's working. And so, I, so he asked me at the beginning of the week. I was preaching on uh, Joshua it's about, about crossing over the Jordan. And he said, you said in, in, in your text that you were going to preach Joshua 3 and 4. But God already knew that, amen? So he just abbreviated the whole service so I could get the whole service. I'm just messing with you. This whole passage, those two chapters talk about crossing over the Jordan. I won't read both of them for the sake of time. But, I, you know, this last couple of weeks we've been talking about crossing over or getting ready to cross over the Jordan River. And this is the first big obstacle they come to. And so let's, let's look at Joshua chapter 3. I'm just going to read the whole chapter, and then we're going to look in and just look back and just talk about what God's done thus far. Joshua chapter 3, verse 1, the Bible says, And Joshua rose up early in the morning, and they removed from Shitan and came to Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host, and they commanded the people, saying, When ye seek, see the ark. Of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites bearing it, then ye shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that ye may know the, the way by which ye must go. For ye have not passed this way here heretofore. And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua spake unto the priest, saying, Take up the ark of the covenant, pass over before the people. And they took up the ark of the covenant, went before the people. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day will I magn begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. And thou shalt command the priest that bear the ark of the covenant, saying, When ye are come to the brink of the water of the Jordan, ye shall stand still in, in Jordan. And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, Come hither and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Hereby ye shall know that the living God is among you, that ye will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Pezzarites, the Gizrashites, and the Amorites, and the Jebusites. All the sites, Amen. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth passes over before you in the Jordan. Now, therefore, take you twelve men out of the tribe of Israel, out of every tribe a man. 
And it shall come to pass as soon as these souls of the feet of the priest that bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand upon a heap. And it came to pass when the people removed their tents to pass over the Jordan, the priests bearing the ark of the covenant before the people, and as they that bear the ark were come unto Jordan, and the feet of the priests that bear the ark were dipped into the brim of the water, for the Jordan overfloweth all its banks all the time of harvest, that the waters which came down from above stood and rose up upon and heap very far from the city, Adam, and then beside Zeridan, and those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea failed and were cut off, and the people passed over right against the Jericho. And the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground, in the midst of Jordan, and all the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people were passed clean over Jordan. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you. Lord, even though it's flooding this morning here and in our upstate, Lord, we see a snowstorm in all the United States northeast or under winter watch, Lord. We just thank you, Lord, that we're in your house with your people, with your word worshiping you lord we can be many other places lord but nothing replaces getting together with your body on sunday morning and worshiping you lord and we just thank you for the opportunity thank you for this dry place this warm place this morning that we can worship lord i ask you god to be with the ones in our congregation that are sick that are struggling lord many pastors this morning canceled services because of either covid outbreak or because of the road conditions lord i ask you god to be with those congregations lord many of them are doing Facebook Live and other avenues, Lord, and I ask you, God, just be with those congregations, protect those churches, and Lord, just be the ones that are sick, Lord, and I ask you, God, you would just reach down from heaven, Lord, we know you are the great physician. But Lord, just for a few moments, Lord, if we unpack these verses and begin to look at what you're going to do here in the future in the Israelite nation, Lord, I ask you, God, just help us to be, Lord, just to be, uh, just just take, take these words to heart, Lord, that we can be you know, just think about what you can do in our lives, Lord, and, and, we, and we can hear these words, Lord, but use them and apply them to our life, even though it's, it's a, the, Israel, the Israelites, Lord, but there's something here for the church today, Lord, and I ask you, God, would take heed to these words and we'd live them out, Lord, because many of us, Lord, in our own life have storms. We have Jordans that we get to and we can't cross. And Lord, I ask you, God, through this text, we'd learn, we'd learn how to trust you in everything we do. Lord, and for someone here that don't know you, Lord, I ask you, God, they wouldn't leave here today lost, but they'd accept you for your, for the, as your personal Lord and Savior, Lord. Whatever the needs may be, Lord, I just thank you and I praise you. And these things we ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. You know, as we think about the, the things that's happened up to this point, you know, the nation of Israel, had, you know, had been led out of captivity out of Egypt. And as they were leading out of Egypt, it took about two years to lead out of Egypt. And as they, God led them out of Egypt, he gave them the, the law. He taught them how to worship him. And, and when they arrived at Jordan, they sent over some spies, and they come back with a bad report. And then instead of the people going forward by faith, I tell people they had to be Baptists because they formed a committee called the Go Back Committee. And they wanted to go back to where God just delivered them from. They wanted to go back to the bondage of Egypt. Instead of taking a step of faith and trusting God. And then God dealt with them 
and made them wander around in the wilderness for 40 years. For 40 years between Egypt and Jordan, they wandered around until the whole generation that would refuse to follow God by faith died off, except for we know Joshua and Caleb. And those years are expired, and God's calling them now to go back what he called them to do 40 years ago. And I'm afraid there's a lot of churches that are stuck because they refuse to follow God. And I wonder, how many years will God make them wander around, so to speak, in the wilderness? And at this point, when God calls them to go back, the Bible talks about in, in chapter 4, it's the it's it's time of harvest. The time of harvest means that, it, that the normally in Gilgal, it's 100 feet wide there at the Jordan River. But now most people, theologians, think it's over a mile wide. It's 50, 50 times wider than it was normally. Why is that important? Because God don't do anything half halfway amen he wants to know people he whether he's in control of the waters and he wants to do it miraculously he don't he, he makes let's make snow make people know that hey only he could do it they can't take credit for everything and so I, I want every person to think about this this morning as they look at the jordan river the jordan river is a barrier to to get their promised land as a barrier to get what what god wants for them their best you know, so often we as Christians, we face our Jordans, amen. We face our storms. You know, as, as I mentioned in my prayer, that there's several churches this morning and our association has canceled services because of COVID outbreak. And many schools were closed because of COVID outbreak. Many pastors were sick and they had to cancel. They couldn't, I, had, I, I know I sent at least the pastor supply list, at least five to six pastors in our association because of sickness. And then because of the winter storm, trying to figure out, you know, and meteorologists, they say this is going to happen, that's going to happen. You know, when we, when we looked at the, the radar last night, it said all the rain would be gone by 10 o'clock. I was like, hello, you, we can drive the church and it won't be raining. And then when we got up this morning, it said it was going to be set in until 1 o'clock. I'm thinking, Wendy said, you better preach till 1 so we can get out here dry because it's pouring down rain outside. And so we, we're used to having a, a garage and living in a camper, there's no garage. <laughs> And so we had to scoot out to the car this morning. But, you know, it, it's so important to realize that the God who specializes in overcoming our Jordans, amen, he specializes only if we take that step of faith. And we'll talk more about that. Every time we come to our Jordans, hey, we need to take that step of faith. So I'm going to look at some strategies, some things that happened in the passage this morning. And then we'll, we'll look at chapter 4 briefly also but I want to look, first of all, there was a message from God. There was a message in chapter 3 to the people. First of all, the message was challenged. It was a challenge from God. They were challenged to do three things. When Joshua was telling them and God was telling Joshua, it's amazing. What I, what I love about God in the Old Testament, he would tell his man, and his man would tell his people. Amen. And so God, in, in, in the New Testament, hey, God uses pastors and preachers to preach the word. But what's amazing about the New Testament versus the Old Testament, you can go before God, amen. Hey, you don't have to have me. You, as a believer, can come boldly before the throne, before the throne because of the finished work on the cross. But in the Old Testament, God would use this man like Moses and like Joshua here and tell him what he wanted to do. First of all, he challenged the people to watch God. He told him, he said, look here, I want you to watch the covenant, amen. Hey, the ark of the covenant, when it moves, you move. You need to watch him. Hey, the, the ark, it, it, you remember, it's a special piece 
in the tabernacle. If you ever studied the tabernacle, I love the tabernacle. It's a, it's a great picture of what God's presence is. But the ark was kept in the Holy of Holies. And only the priest could go in there. And, and basically, they were to watch that piece of furniture because when it moved, they were to move. Amen. And that, that was a picture of God's presence among the people of the children of Israel. And so not only were they to watch that piece of furniture, one of watch God, but they were to follow God. I love what he said in the passage. He said this, and he says, leave your place and go after it. Amen. He said, when God moves, go with him. Hey, you know, we, we, got, we got a lesson there this morning, church. Hey, when God moves, we need to go after him, amen. Hey, he said, look here, if you want to go up dry on dry ground, he said, when God begins to move, he said, you need to go after him. I tell you, I don't want to be left behind, amen. Hey, I, 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 when God says go, I want to go. And God called the church to go. He said, follow after him. Leave your place and go after him. It's so important. You know, it, 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 that people, you know, in, in this day and age, I talk to people all the time, says, look here, I'm so afraid to surrender to the Lord. Hey, my Bible tells me to follow him and go after him, amen. I, I tell you, I'm, I'm afraid not to surrender to the Lord. Hey, because God will provide all my needs. God's called me to be a director of missions. He's called me to be a pastor. He's called me to be in the ministry. And if I were to do anything other than that, I'd be out of God's will. And you see, how God can take his hand off of you like he did the children of Israel. But you can see what God does when his hand's on you. But not only says, not only does he say, watch him, follow him, but he also gives this instruction, honor him. He says, stays 300 or 3,000 feet behind the ark. Why is that important? He's showing, hey, this is a holy peace, amen. We need to honor God. I, I tell you, when, when, when Kent called me, and told me that we were going to do the Lord's Supper in February. Amen. I, I love doing the Lord's Supper. The, the Lord give us two ordinances. He give us baptism, and he give us the Lord's Supper. And what more of a way than a church can do to honor God and reverence and celebrate his death, burial, and resurrection. Amen. I love taking the Lord's Supper. I love doing it with excellency because I believe it's the most important ordinance Hey, it's the most important thing we can do to honor our Lord because we, we honor him because he died. Hey, he rose on the third day, and he's coming again. Amen. But they, they were to honor God. They were to stay away from him. Simply put, these three things are equally to accomplish only by one thing, if you walk by faith. you got to walk by faith. And we'll see more about that. that. Not only was it there was a challenge, but there was a command that this is what he said in, in, in verse 5. He said, And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. You know, he's saying, look here, make yourselves ready. Hey, go ahead and get rid of all those things that are holding you back. Go ahead and confess your sin hey, and make sure you're ready if God's going to bless you. You know what I mean? You know what's just crazy about people? People want God to bless them when they're in sin. And I, I have people all the time want me to marry them. And, 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 they're, and they're living together. And, and we're not going to get into that this morning, but I, I, tell, I say this. How can you ask God to bless something when it starts out in sin? And it's so important if we're going to ask God to move in this church, as you, you know, you think about what's going on here, you're in transition from pastor to pastor. Hey, we need to be ready as a church. We need to be ready as individuals. We need to be sanctified. Amen. Hey, we need to, hey, we need to make sure we're right. 
We need to make sure we're hearing God's voice. And he, he told him, he said, look here, hey, get ready. And then not only was there a, a command, but there's a commitment. He said, look here, if you do this, and if you trust me, when the priests tomorrow step into the brink of the river, it's going to split, amen. But they had, what they had to do first, they had to step into the water. You know, and, and it's so important that we as believers learn to trust God no matter what we're facing. Well, you know, so many times we worry about tomorrow. Hey, but the, the Bible says not to worry about tomorrow, amen. He's already got it taken care of. I, I know who has tomorrow. You know, and, and so many times we worry about, we worry about our, 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 our supplies being met. My Bible tells me that the Lord will supply all my needs. He didn't say he'll supply all my wants, but he'll supply all my needs. And then, you know, many times we, we think we're going to face these storms alone, but my Bible says in Hebrews chapter 3 that the Lord will never leave me nor forsake me. You know, you ever been going down the road and, and you can just feel the presence of the Lord with you? I, I, I just love those times. But the bottom line is this. Jesus is all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's all-present. He knows what you're going through right now. If you're going through a Jordan, if you're going through a storm, hey, he's right here. But you know what he asked us to do? In Romans chapter 1, he says, The just shall live by faith. He says this, Whoever is not of faith is of sin. He says, and, and Matthew chapter 8, he says, Why are you so fearful, O ye of little faith? All, all we're going to do, hey, is walk by faith. Walk by faith. There's a message, but not only was there a message, but next we see the miracle. We see the miracle in this passage. We see, first of all, as they get to the Jordan, there's a problem. As I mentioned earlier, the Jordan River was way bigger than it normally is. And you get to the Jordan River, and you're like, man, how in the world are we going to cross this big old river? How are we going to get across it? And, you, you know, if you're like me, man, I would have thought, man, hey, you can get boats. Go across the river. But think about that. If they went across on boats, you got two million people, they would be sitting ducks for the enemy to attack. You know, and, and you think about maybe building a bridge. They couldn't build a bridge. God told them to go. There was no way around. There was no way through. But God said, hey, when I move, follow after me. Amen. So there's a problem, but there's a plan. The Bible says this in verse 15. I love what God said. And he says, and when they that bear the ark were coming to the Jordan, the feet of the priests that bear the ark were dipped into the brim of the water. For the Jordan overfloweth all its banks at all the time. So look here, the Bible says, hey, the plan was that you, they were to step their feet into the brink of the water. You know, I, I, I truly believe there's a lot of people that have never seen God move in their life because they're not willing to step into the Jordan, amen? Hey, they're not willing to take that leap of faith. They're not willing to say, look here, I'm going to do what God's called me to do. You remember Peter? I love Peter because Peter reminds me of myself a lot of times because I can say something spiritual and then insert foot in the mouth within five seconds, amen? That's my wife, if you don't believe me. But Peter was the only one in the entire boat that was willing to go out and step out of the boat, amen? Even though the storm was raging, he seen his Savior there, and he was willing to step out. He said, he even said, hey, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. And he told him to come, and then he stepped out and begins to walk on the water. And I find it interesting why he's walking on the water. He's, there, there's, he's, he's walking above everything. But then what happens, and what happens in our life, we take our eyes off the Savior, and we begin to look at all the circumstances. And then what happened to Peter? He began to sink, amen. But what happened with the Lord? He picked him up. 
You know, it's so important when God tells you to take a step of faith is to keep your eyes on him. Just like the children of Israel. Hey, he said, keep your eyes on me and go after me. And we see, we see lastly, when we see the plan, we see the performance. God does what he said he was going to do. When God commits to something, he's going to come through. I mean, you can take it to the bank. Hey, without fail, God's going to do it. But we do remember when we remember that faith honors God and God honors faith. Faith honors God and God honors faith. You know, I, I love looking at the Old Testament and looking at what God did with other people. You know, you know and, and, and realizing, hey, our God, what he accomplished years ago, he can still accomplish. I mean, he's not lost any power. But you think about the three Hebrew boys. I love the three Hebrew boys. They're in a pagan land. And, 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 and this king, Nebuchadnezzar, he builds this idol and he tells him, look here, when all this music plays, you need to bow down to an idol. And everybody bow down, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I tell people they didn't bow, they didn't burn, and they didn't boogie, amen. They didn't do the, they didn't do the three Bs. But then King Nebuchadnezzar gives them a chance. They say, look here, hey, we're going to give you one more chance. If, you're gonna, if you bow down, we won't do it. And then they didn't bow down. You know the rest of the story. And, and, and he, got, he turned the furnace up seven times hotter. And the people who threw him in burn up as they threw him in. And I, and I love this part because King Nebuchadnezzar went over there and said, look here, didn't we throw three in? Hey, I see four. And the fourth looks like the Son of God. And you say, well, Jesus wasn't born yet, amen. Hey, Jesus is omnipresent. He's always been here, amen. He's, he's the great I am. And you say, well, how do you know it was Jesus? I believe if you've seen Jesus, there's no denying who he is, amen. Hey, they didn't, they did, they did, you know, it's, it's amazing. Then you think about Daniel and the lion's den. You think about all the things that God's done. He's the same God that he always has been. And it's so important, hey, that we, I, I truly believe we don't, we, we don't see miracles like they did in the Old Testament and the New Testament because we don't have the faith they did. But I can tell you a miracle that God happened in my life, and I don't want to get on a sidetrack, but I just feel like I need to tell you. And, and you know, uh, it was in, it was over 21 years ago. I never forget, I was in Fort Irwin, California. Anybody ever been to Fort Irwin, California? You don't want to go there. If you go there, you're getting ready to go to Iraq, amen? It's a big old desert. I was there. I never forget there. I, I was in the military, and I was thinking to go to Iraq again. And I got a Red Cross message. I never got a Red Cross message the whole time I was in the military except for that one time. When you get a Red Cross message, something is not right at home. And I forget, I got a Red Cross message and said, hey, your youngest son has been in a fatal accident. You need to get home ASAP. And so my commander put me on an airplane. I flew from Fort Irwin, California to the Children's Hospital in Charlotte, North Carolina. And what happened is my, my oldest son and my youngest son was playing around one of those concrete bird baths. And as they were playing, my youngest son pulled that over on top of him. And it, it, it fell on him, it, it, on, on, on his head, and he had multiple skull fractures, broke his jaw, broke his nose. He had a blood clot on the brain. And the doctor, when I got there, you know how the doctor brings you in a room. So he brings us in a room. And he says two things are going to happen in 48 hours. He said, your son's brain's going to continue swelling and he's going to die. Or he's going to be a vegetable his, his rest of his life and be 
on a hospital bed. But let me back up a minute. When I was on that airplane, I never forget this. Brother Allen, I was praying like I never prayed before, not knowing what was going to go on. And this is what God told me. He said, Tommy, if you trust me, it'll be okay. That's what he told me. That's all I had. You said, did he speak to you? I believe he spoke to me, amen, like, like me and you're talking right now. He told me, if you trust me, it'll be okay. And, and, and I didn't know what I was going to face, but I never forget telling that doctor, after he told me and my wife the prognosis, I said, doctor, the Lord told me if I trust him, it'll be okay. And this is what he said. He said, son, I'm glad you believe in God, but I'm telling you the facts of life. I'm trying to prepare you and your wife for what's going to happen. My son's 23 years old this year, amen. He'll be 24. God did a miracle in my life. God still does miracles. But, you know, no matter what the doctor told me, I had to trust God. God told me it would be okay. And I've and, and I faced many storms since then, many Jordan rivers since then. But I always go back to that one time. If God said it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. You know, if, if my son would have lived and he'd have been in a wheelchair or he would have been, you know, a vegetable, I still would have trusted God. Amen. You know, because God, you know, God has... God, God, I see so many special parents that take care of kids with special needs and people in wheelchairs that God uses for his glory. You know, and, and, but so many times we, we think, well, you know, I don't know how I could deal with that. God will always prepare you for that, amen. He will get you ready for that. So many times we, we, we think, you know, God didn't answer our prayer or God didn't do this. But, you know, when, when you ask God something, he, I think he says three things. He says either yes, no, or not yet. And so many times we don't like the answer no. You know, but we see this, this great miracle here that God's already told them to go claim the land, but he would have never parted the Jordan River if they wouldn't have stepped into the river first. You think about this river's raging. This river's way bigger than it ever has been because, because of the time of year. And for them to step off, it took them a step of faith. Because you ever been in a river? If you, if you, today, when you ride down the road from leaving church, watch the rivers. Could you imagine getting being swept by the river? How many times have you ever seen anybody swept by a river or fell out of a boat? And that river just sweeps them. These men are fixing to step into a raging river. But God said, if you step in, I'm going to dry it up. Amen. Hey, I'm, I'm going to part it. Hey, God said, and, and, you know, and one thing about this now you know, when I said, God, God told me my son was going to be okay, I got a word from God. You know, so many times we want to get a word from other people. Hey, God told me it was going to be okay. I trusted God. Amen. You know, but so many times we want to trust other things. Hey, unless you get a word from God, they don't trust anything else. Hey, but if God says it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. If God says step into the Jordan, it's going to part. It's going to part. And so we, that, well, I want to just focus on the last thing. So we looked at the message. We looked at the miracle. But then they crossed over. And, and, and I want to just look at the memorial. They, they put a memorial there on the outside, and then they even put one on the inside of the Jordan River. And so what's the purpose of the memorial? The purpose of the memorial was this, and I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but basically it was going to remind them what God had done for the children of Israel. Amen. Hey, it was going to, every time somebody walked by those 12 stones, he told 12 men, Hey, at the, in the midst of the river, as you go through, they get tw one stone for each tribe. And, every, and they set up a memorial right there in Gilgal. And so every time someone come through there, 
It was a reminder of what God did for the children of Israel, amen. Hey, do you have a memorial in your life? And I love that story about my son. It, even though it's 20-something years old, it just blesses my heart knowing when God brought me over my Jordan. You know why, why was that important? Because I was in my second year in Bible college. I was fixing to start my second year, and I'm thinking, I'm doing everything God called me to do. I surrendered to preach. Me and my wife, we, 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 we sacrificed so I can go to seminary, and then I hit the Jordan. My son's about to die. And I'm thinking, how in the world's all this going when I'm right where God wants me to be? Think about the Apostle Paul. He was doing everything God called him to do. He got put in jail. He got stoned. He got shipwrecked. But God used it all for his glory. Amen. And so they, they, they put memorial there so every time someone would come, hey, they would know what God had done for the children of Israel. And it's so important that we, as believers, have our own memorials. And, you know, and the memorial, it basically was a picture of God's faithfulness to people who walk in faith. You know, it's, it's so important that we, as, as God's people, walk in faith and, we, and God will be faithful. The Bible says this, if, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us from all unrighteousness. I mean, all we're going to do is be faithful. That's all God's called us to do is to be faithful and trust him. But how often do we, do we get to the point of the river and we don't step in or, for, or forget about where he's brought us from? That's why this memorial is so important. Now, memorials can be dangerous. And why do you say that? Because sometimes we always think about what it used to be like. There's a lot of churches stuck in what it used to be like. Today, we... I'm glad, I'm glad God worked this out this morning because this morning we, we learned how it used to be, amen, when it comes to singing. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's so many times churches will celebrate the glory days. But they can't get past, hey, they can't get where we need to be in the future. Some of them say, man, you remember back in 1960 we had revivals, we had this, we had that, we had that pastor that we love so much. Hey, we can remember those days, but we can't live in those days, amen. Hey, we got to move to the next level. Hey, we got to move where God's calling us as a, as, as a church. You know, and, and, and the same way with this transition with Pastor Norman. Everybody loved him. And I was talking to one of the deacons. Y'all had another pastor. And, you know, every time you lose a pastor, it's like, man, how's it going to work out? Hey, you know how it's going to work out? We need to trust God. Hey, we need to pray for the pastor search committee. Hey, and, and trust that God is going to send his man here to take the church to the Canaan land. Amen. To take the church to the promised land God's called us. But all God asks us to do is to take that step of faith. You think about this, and I'm going to end with this story. And you know, remember the story of David and Goliath? All the warriors and the children of Israel were all intimidated by this giant. But this little old ruddy guy named David, amen, he went to check out on the war. And you know, and, 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 and it's funny how, you know, he saw the giant but he realized the Lord he served was bigger than the giant. And he was willing as a child to take on the giant, not with a sword, not with armor. You know, King Saul gave him all his armor, and he, he, he improved it. It didn't fit him. So what did he take? He took what he knew. Amen. He knew he had a sling. He killed the bear. He killed the lion. He did all these things. So he took the sling with five smooth stones. And most people say, why did he take five? Because Goliath had four older brothers. Some people say, you know, I, Five's the number of grace. I might want to get in that, but I believe he, you never know why he took five biblically, but there's a lot of guesses, but all he needed was one, amen. 
And when he took that one, he didn't miss because God was behind that stone. And, you know, but it's so important when we get to our Goliaths in our life, hey, to realize to trust God. Amen. The battle is the Lord's. I don't know what you're facing this morning, but if you think about what children of Israel had to do to get over the Jordan, and, and, I, and I said it earlier, I said it several times, God told them to watch them. Hey, we need to watch God, amen. If, if we're going to do what God's called us to do in the last days, we've got to watch. We've got to be watchful. Hey, because God's coming. Hey, when, and when God moves, we need to go after him, amen. If we see God moving in a certain direction, we need to go after him. And we need to learn to keep honoring God in everything we do. We need to do everything we do with honoring our Lord. Hey, and if he says step into the water, hey, let's step into the water as a church. And so we can see God do a miraculous miracle and part our Jordan. And so I don't, you know, this morning, this, this message is for, you know, kind of toward the children of Israel. But this morning, you may be having a battle in your life. Amen. There may be a storm you're facing. And God may be telling you this morning, hey, just to take a step of faith and trust him. Take a step of faith. So I encourage you this morning, hey, if you're in that, that, that situation this morning, hey, take that step of faith. Trust God. Trust God with your situation. And, 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 and just pray earnestly until God gives you a word, amen. Until God gives you a word. And when God gives you that word, act upon that word. Whatever he says, do. Let's pray this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I praise you this morning, Lord, for this text. Lord, just thank you, Lord, for what you've done in the Old Testament. Lord, we know you're the same today as you were 